Welcome to Higher Calling Wildlife with award-winning wildlife journalist Chester Moore. From deep investigations to interviews with top experts, Higher Calling Wildlife is the place to get informed and inspired about all things wildlife. Welcome to Higher Calling Wildlife. This is Chester Moore, and you know if you listen to this program, I love wild turkeys and wild turkey research. Just had the privilege of going up to uh, Leesville, Louisiana, with an awesome project up there that involves putting trackers on turkey. Got to go on turkey capture. And uh, someone is helping oversee this project. He is a professor of wildlife ecology at LSU, Louisiana State University, Dr. Brett Collier. Welcome to the program. Hey, Chester, how are you today? Oh, man, doing great. Overall, you mentioned this is a partnership between Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, U.S. Forest Service, and LSU. Uh, what is the overall goal of this and putting these track? obviously to track movements, but is there a specific part of their movements that you're interested in? Uh, yeah, so this, I want to backtrack for the listeners just real briefly. So we have been working on uh, eastern wild turkeys in West Central Louisiana for the better part of about eight years now, Mm -hmm. straight. Um, You know, working primarily with the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. Uh, Cody Sinatol, the turkey program leader uh, there, and I have a really good relationship. And and their objective is to, you know, evaluate long-term changes in, in reproductive ecology, right? So who's breeding who, when are the hens nesting, and that kind of stuff. Um, and, and we've been doing that work for a long time in conjunction with a lot of other projects in the Southeast. You know, the work in Texas that, that uh, you know, I'm engaged in that I know you've been out on with Chad. And, yeah. You know, but also work that's, you know, going on in Alabama and Georgia and South Carolina and North Carolina. Um, kind of trying to get us a more uh, larger regional view of turkeys in the Southeast. Mm-hmm. Um but then um, this interesting thing happened. So we've been working in Louisiana for about eight years, and then this interesting thing happened. Um, this thing was Hurricane Laura. Yeah. And Hurricane Laura came came plowing through well, in a region that is basically west central Louisiana. Um, you know, it, it includes a lot of our Kasachee uh, National Forest Ranger districts especially the Vernon unit, mm-hmm. which is down towards Fort Polk. Yep. And um, it just smoked our study site, uh, a, a part of them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, tens of thousands of acres of, of, you know, old timber knocked over, broken off, yep. flash and mess everywhere. Um, but we were fortunately, I mean, nothing's fortunate about a hurricane, of course, but we were positioned well in that we had a whole bunch of data from before the storm, mm-hmm. from places that the storm had impacted and had not impacted on turkeys. And the United States Forest Service is implementing a massive restoration activity, you know, set of actions out there right now. You know, chipping wood, pulp wood, you know, pulling stuff out for firewood. Lots of prescribed burning going back on the ground, mm-hmm. restoration of forests, you know, uh, some transition from uh, into longleaf, you know, lots, lots of different um, kind of local scale, you know, 100 acres, 200 acre type of treatment. Um, we couldn't pass the Forest Service at LSU and Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. We couldn't pass on the opportunity to do the study that's never been done before to actually go out and evaluate 
how turkeys responded to large scale, I mean, landscape scale forest manipulation. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, we always do as a scientist, you know, we, we do this a lot, like experimental research is kind of the coin of the realm, right? It's awesome. But it's really hard to do at a big scale. And, and Hurricane Laura, I mean, unfortunately for, you know, all the damage that occurred in our, in our you know, beautiful state of Louisiana, um, it provided kind of the impetus for us to look and see how land management actually impacts these turkeys, what they respond to, what they don't respond to, and how long it takes them to respond. Um, so we're in our third full year of kind of post-hurricane monitoring, but we're going into, I guess it would be our third reproductive season as well. Um, you know, because the Hurricane Laura, uh, Laura hit in the fall, so we were kind of after the reproductive season by that point uh, in 2020. So we have data from 2021 and 2022, and this project will go through 2027, actually. Wow. So we'll be out there for the next four or five years. So it's very, it's a very exciting project that, uh, that you got to be a little part of the other day. Yeah, so you mentioned like a seven-year window. That's basically the life expectancy maximum of a turkey, isn't it? Somewhere in there? Like- um, well, uh, for so for a female, um, you know, we tend to think that they're going to, on average, live three to four years. Yeah. Um, that's that's kind of the ballpark, you know, we, we generally think, you know, we lose somewhere between, uh, you know, 25 and 33% of, of them every year, predominantly during the nesting season because they're exposed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, male mortality, most males die of a three-inch four. Um, you know, that's just the way that it is. Um, and, and usually male survival, uh, you know, it's, you know, we, we think we probably have about maybe 50% annually, 60% annually. With harvest, um, those individuals that don't get shot, um, they live, you know, they'll, they'll live forever in theory. Um, you know, adult males tend not to die. They have really, really high year-to-year survival if they're not harvested. But, you know, harvest is, you know, a significant component of, of you know, male turkey population. So, so you know, we occasionally, we had one male, uh, he died, he got predated, uh, what was it, uh, two years ago, and he was 11 years old, I think. Whoa, um, that's older he than just, I even thought, was, man. <laughs> yeah, he was, a, he was the smartest dude I think I've seen in my life. Because um, he, he was out there in the National Forest the whole time, you know, out there on public land, uh, you know, just tootling around. I mean, I, I'm assuming that, you know, from the start of hunting season till the end of hunting season, he went and found a hole and crawled in it. But that's just me. <laughs> so, but yeah, so no, that, that's about where we're at on, on, you know, kind of where, you know, how turkeys are surviving out there. And, they do pretty good in the Kentucky National Forest region of West Central LA. I mean, it's it's well managed, lots of fire on the ground, regular timber harvest and thinning. You know, lots of activity, lots of active management, and that's really good for our birds. Yeah, so you have this kind of like gigantic laboratory to study in, and you're getting absolutely, see, and you're getting to see maybe even a couple of generations of turkeys or more, you know, potentially during this time frame that are born and die, and all this stuff going on. And uh, talk about the mechanism for the study. Uh, are, are these GPS trackers? Yeah, so we're doing we're doing a lot. Um, so almost every bird uh, gets a, a GPS backpack, um, and they collect points. You know, I mean, about every hour, yeah. uh, all day long, when the birds are up and around, and we get a roost location at night, and basically you get about, you know, 17 points a day um, on these birds. So we have a pretty good idea of exactly where they go, right? Yeah. Um, 
And we do put out some what are just called very high frequency tags, and they're just uh, we call them VHF tags, and uh, they just beep. And we use those to kind of monitor males, um, you know, other males. You know, we don't, you know, we try to GPS tag everything first just to kind of look at survival. But um, yeah, so every female and every male gets a GPS tag. Um, we put leg bands on them, um, and uh, you know, there's probably I would argue there's very few places in the United States with a more denser number of leg banded wild turkeys than West Central Louisiana um, because we've been banding a ton of them out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then um, we take blood samples from all these birds uh, for both disease evaluations and to do genetic analysis to look at who's breeding with who. Mm-hmm. Um, we take feather samples. We take a few odds and ends, smaller measurements, but um, most of that stuff doesn't really play a day to day role. Uh, we put out uh, audio recorders that record with so we can kind of tie gobbling into you know reproductive ecology and then i've got a stack of you know graduate students um i got you know chad is there in texas i got rachel price who's a new graduate student uh working in louisiana um that's been their days basically from now until august or september doing nothing but tracking these birds watching them you know watching them on their nests kind of keeping an eye on them collecting the eggs so, you know, after the nests are successful or failed, so we can see who the dad for the nest was and, and you know, vegetation and nest sites and all the other kind of stuff that we do to, to try and influence, you know, turkey conservation and, you know, land management. Higher Calling Wildlife is brought to you by Texas Fish and Game. Check them out at fishgame.com. Subscribe to the e-newsletter, which goes out three days a week. And we're going to leave you with a very special public service announcement about wild sheep. Hi, this is Chester Moore wildlife journalist and Wild Sheep Foundation member with Sheep in 60. Mention bighorn sheep and images of snow-capped peaks of the Rockies and rugged high desert come to mind. But did you know there are bighorns in Nebraska and Oklahoma? A combination of conservation efforts and migration have seen small but growing populations of Rocky Mountain bighorns in the eastern fringe of their range. Wild Sheep Foundation and its affiliates have been involved in funding translocation efforts in Nebraska, where residents can see these great animals in areas like Fort Robinson State Park. Bighorns in Oklahoma center around Black Mesa in the Panhandle and migrate in and out of Colorado and New Mexico, according to wildlife officials. This shows not only the resilience of the species, but the importance of maintaining travel corridors that allow for natural migration and population recovery in areas with adequate habitat. Thanks for listening to Higher Calling Wildlife. Find us on Facebook at Higher Calling Wildlife, at The Chester Moore on Instagram, and our blog at HigherCalling.net. To contact Chester, email Chester at ChesterMoore.com.